Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're reviewing all of those amazing reality shows that unfortunately only had one season. I'm your host, Frank Pezenek III. And I'm Meredith Broadbeck. And today we're doing our supplemental episode on 12. Yeah. And we should explain again what the connection is because... Yeah, uh, so um, 12 is a movie that PC (laughs) from NYC Prep has a... I'd say a, for a cameo, a large part in. I mean, not a large part considering the movie, but I, I expected to see him for like two seconds and we saw him a little bit more. And, Maybe like two, um, three minutes. Yeah, and also he does something very pivotal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very pivotal. True, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also sort of, it's about the NYC prep Upper East Side teenage scene. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, not a little bit, 100%. Yeah. We did not take notes. No, we just watched it. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how we want to talk about it. Well, I mean, first we have a little house cleaning, not okay. a ton, because um, okay. we have been super good about our sketch. Um, so um, on May 2nd, um, Lou, Loose Intervention, tweeted and asked, um, where and how are we watching 12? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a dummy. Like, I, Lou, I was at the gym and, like, kind of out of it and for some reason thought you meant like where we were physically watching it and not like on what platform. Um, so I responded that we were recording here and I, I thank God actually you brought it up because I just assumed it was on Amazon or some streaming platform because Heather, um, had watched it a while ago. So I figured she, she must've caught it on cable or something. Heather, you'll have to let us know how you watched it when you watched it. Um, but thank God you brought it up because Mara bought the DVD and that's how we watched it. And now I own this piece of shit. <laughs> yes, now you own it forever. Um, yeah. uh, let's see. So we a little back and forth about that. And then um, Taylor, um, a sleazy T, uh, tweeted us on May 2nd and said, Is it bad when you said Sebastian was talking about Wells? I thought you meant the one from the from the podcast. Also, thanks for having me go down the audio rabbit hole of listening to that one, LOL. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you're welcome because it was fucking good. Uh, also, I meant to listen to the more recent episodes of Prattcast before we <coughs> recorded either, today, yeah. and I haven't, but I will do my best to be on top of it by the time the Hills reboot comes back, because I want to be all in on all the drama. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, and then Lou tweeted us on the second again and said, I feel, I feel so creeping asking where now I meant where, like as, as far as where <laughs> on the internet or on an app, I haven't been able to hunt down 12 digitally and I don't want to be lost for the next podcast. Um, you're, trust me, you're not going to be lost. Nope. Um, and Chris M tweeted us on May 3rd and said, great final recap of NYC prep. Can't wait for all the summer recaps of the Hills. Us too. We're excited. Um, he also said, I've never seen 12 or any episodes of Pretty Wild, so I have lots of work to do. Um, you have plenty of time to watch Pretty Wild, or you can watch it with us, because we'll be doing that in September. Yeah. Um, let's see. You tweeted and said, we're ready, tagline, money to burn, time to kill, everything to lose. <laughs> also starting Fofty. Yeah. Um, Chris tweeted us, um, six days ago and said, so I looked up Pretty Wild on YouTube, and apparently I have seen it years ago. How could I ever forget the mother's annoying voice, but I'll definitely rewatch it anyway. Um, and then Mallory tweeted us, and Mallory is at MalloryEC19, um, and said, did you see Miss Lisa Love at the Met Gala? Did you see? I retweeted it. Did you see? No. Oh, here. Look. She looks amazing. <gasps> she does. Amazing. Yeah. Love. I retweeted it so you guys can all see. Um, but, like, thank you, Mallory. It was, she looks fucking fabulous. Lisa Vanderpump wishes she could rock a pink suit like that. Yeah. Although she's probably close, but that's pretty good. I, I know. that. Um, and then yesterday, Taylor tweeted us and said, 
Um, so instead of being productive today, I've just been re-listening to the OG Hills episodes, and I keep forgetting it's old and want to tweet things at you, but they're old episodes, lol. Aww. Hashtag nerd. Um, and I said, tweet it That's anytime cute. you want. Hit us up. Like, we, yeah. we love it. Um, and, and I said that, and she responded back, or we can just save my thoughts for when I'm a podcast guest. Yeah. And so I'm all over it. Definitely, definitely. No shame in that either. I just <coughs> went back and watched, um, <clears throat> my favorite episodes only of season two of Laguna Beach, just because I was bored one day. Amaze. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor wrote, LOL, is it bad? <clears throat> I just got all happy when I got to the first episode that you guys mentioned me in almost two and a half years ago. Yeah, I know. Um... And I said that um, I was loving this trip down memory lane. It's been three years. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. Yeah, so that's all for Twitter, which is a maze. Yeah, that's good. Well, I don't have any house cleaning or bio information, but I pretty much looked up everybody that popped up in this movie as I was watching it because it was kind of boring and I needed something to do. Well, I think, and this is just coming to me because otherwise I think this is going to be the shortest episode in history. Yeah. Um, I think we should discuss the movie a little bit. And then I think we should just do a little supplemental, like, chatting about, like, what we're watching on Bravo right now and enjoying. Yeah, sure. Great. Um, so the premise of the movie is that Chase Crawford, White Mike... Which I think we need to discuss that problem. We're, we're going to discuss that first thing. Is a drug dealer... Pot dealer. Yeah. Let's also talk about that. Yeah. To his former classmates and friends on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. His mother passed away and... I'm assuming cancer. They made it look like it was cancer. Well, she was bald, so... Yeah. How clever. Um, Could have been a really bad case of alopecia. I know. <laughs> God. Um... <clears throat> And now he's dealing drugs, you know, um, and they sort of imply that his father's restaurant has gone under, but then his dad calls him from work? No, 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 no. The restaurant did go under. His dad's a waiter now. He oh, says at one point in the movie, like, right, right, right. my dad's restaurant went under, like, I had to leave school, now my dad's just a waiter. Oh, okay. Yeah, so his dad still works at a restaurant, just not, like, his restaurant. Right, correct. Okay. So, let's talk about White Mike. <laughs> problematic problematic i'm pretty sure the inflection is that upper east side kids think that drug dealers are black yes and so to distinguish him his he's white mike yes and now the only way that this may be the only way it's not completely reprehensible to me is if Fofty is the one that gave him that moniker. Yes. Because he's hanging out in Harlem. But, like, how would the Upper East Side kids even know that unless he was like, hey, my boy calls me White Mike. Like, so I'm, I think that we're right, and it's because he's a white drug dealer, and they think that that's, like, so niche. Yeah. And it's gross. Yeah. It, and they never drop it. Ever. Like, he's never shortened to Mike, except by one character who calls him Michael. Because she's known him since she was a child. Right. So Kiefer Sutherland is the narrator of this movie. And it's weird because even after we looked it up and knew it was him, I don't think it sounds like him at all. No, and the movie's nothing but narration. Yeah. It's a giant fictional podcast that you could just listen to and make up your own faces for these people. I 100%. Swear. Um, there are also so many characters in this movie. Oh, yeah. The whole thing is one long setup. This is Mike. This is Sarah. This is Emily. Like, it, it all amounts to pretty much nothing. I mean, I thought the most fun part was seeing all of the actors who are now no longer f that famous or who have become famous since 
this was made. Yeah. So let's talk about how many people are in this movie. Okay. There's Chase Crawford. Mm -hmm. PC, obviously. Yep. Uh, a celebrity to no one but us. Uh, Zoe Kravitz. Uh-huh. Billy Magnuson. Uh-huh. Um, Nico Tortorella. Is that how you say it? Tortola. Tortola? Tortola. Nico Tortola. Really? I thought so. I think it's Tortola. I thought it had an extra syllable in it. Um, we're forgetting. Emily Mead is... She has a pretty big part. She plays... Let's see. Justin Thoreau's daughter's best friend in season one of The Leftovers. Um, Jeremy Allen White from Shameless is in this movie. One of the Culkin brothers is in this movie. 50 Cent. Bunk from the... No, not Bunk from the Wire. Um, You're right. It's Tor... Tor... Tortella. Tortorella. Tortorella. Yeah. Tortorella. Yeah. yeah. I always thought it was Tortola. Um, not Bunk from the Wire, but, um... One of the guys from the Wire. <laughs> and... Let's see. Who else? Um, the youngest son from Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. Emma Roberts. Um... Definitely... Did you say Rory Coughlin already? Yeah. Um, Ellen Barkin. Ellen Barkin. <laughs> um, the guy who is Valerie Cherish's husband on the comeback uh -huh. plays one of the guy's dads. Um, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, there was just like a million people in this movie. Yeah, a million Who people. either were somebody famous as children or are now somebody famous, or were famous at the time. Like, I feel like Chase Crawford's not doing anything right now. Right. And this movie is directed by Joel Schumacher. Who's a big deal. Who is a pretty big deal, yeah. He did several of the Batman movies, and my personal favorite of his, St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. So, I, I think that was the draw. I looked up the screenwriter. He hasn't done anything noteworthy, so I think a lot of people were in on it for Joel Schumacher's take on this book. That they thought would be, like, really cool and edgy. Um, I also like that 50 Cent was credited as Curtis Jackson. Yes. And not as 50 Cent. Um, Fofty does a good job in this movie. He does, but, I mean, he was a drug dealer. And yeah. so I think he was just playing himself. Yes. It was a little, it was a little on the nose. So let's talk about PC's cameo, because it's actually at the beginning. So maybe, yeah. maybe we'll just run through the plot, you know, what? As best we can. <laughs> so, um, PC is seen at a party and he is sitting on the stairs and he is, he's high on something and he sort of dips and kisses this girl, Emily Mead, whose character's name is... Oh, hold on. I can tell you. I have the IMDb pulled up right now. Um, okay. Rachel? Zoe Kravitz. Jessica. Jessica. Okay, sure. <laughs> Jessica Brayson. Okay, so Jessica is a super genius, apparently, and she memorized the Gettysburg Address and mm -hmm. is going to Wesleyan. Is that where it was? Uh, yes. Well, that's where her dad wants her to go, apparently. Like, Ellen Barkin mentions that later. She's like, this Wesleyan thing's all you and your dad. But yeah. Like, if you're gonna get bees. Right. Sure. Okay. Um, so PC... Well, quick sidebar. There was a lot of confusing college stuff in this. Like, later, the guy who gets arrested, his dad's like, my dad wouldn't have let me go to Harvard. I'm yeah. Like, what? Like, who stops that? He's like, I did really well in prep school. My dad wouldn't have let me go to Harvard. I'm like, I don't understand There that. was also a, if my dad 
my dad said if I don't get into Harvard, I have to go to Dartmouth. Yeah. It's like, okay. The college stuff is a little confusing, but. And then someone tells Mike that he's gonna, you would love Harvard. It's like, yeah, well, he dropped out of high school. Also, we find out that Mike drops out of high school because his dad lost the restaurant they don't have any money because he had to spend all his money on the mom's cancer treatments. <laughs> um, and apparently public school is not an option, so you just drop out? Like, that, that was weird, too. Uh, yeah, I don't get it. So PC stands up and kisses this girl, Jessica, mm-hmm. and then later they're hooking up upstairs. They're hooking up upstairs in Claude's room. Oh, yes, and... Claude comes home. Yeah, Claude comes home. <laughs> Rory Cochran's older brother. Wait, was that his real name? Was his name Claude? Or yeah. was that the fake ID? Because there wasn't the fake ID name Claude, too? No, it was Maurice. Maurice, yeah. that's right. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right, so yeah, they're hooking up in Claude's room, and Claude comes home and interrupts them, and um, PC, like, takes off. Well, after he comes in his pants. Oh, yeah, he comes in his pants. <laughs> um, and it was really weird, because he makes out... I mean, I guess that was supposed to be him coming, but he was acting like what I would think a girl would act like when you're making out. He was very like, oh, mm, oh. I, I mean, I, it just seemed feminine to me. I don't know. I, to me, it seemed like PC had never made out with a girl before. I was 100%. It also didn't seem like Cole coming in his pants thing was not done very well either, I don't think. No. Um, so yes, he comes in his pants and he gets up to go get a beer and ditches and leaves Jessica and she finds a his, vial. His vial of, of 12. 12. Which is, I also thought it was very interesting that if you, and I'm someone who's done a lot of drugs and definitely done drugs I've found places. Um, <laughs> like, she just picks up this vial of liquid, doesn't have any idea how to consume it. Like, I mean, you don't know if you, like, smoke it, you do whatever, and just put full some on her mouth. No, full dropper. Full dropper in her mouth. And then instantly, I mean, instantly is fucked up out of her head. It hasn't even hit her tongue. No. The time. And she's just like, whoa. And then... I know that when I get really fucked up and feeling good, my favorite thing to do is to stand in the bathroom by myself and recite the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. And that's when we find out during the voiceover her whole backstory about how she's really smart. And when they had to study the Gettysburg Address, she actually memorized it and she liked it better than anybody else. And she's in the bathroom reciting it to herself, rolling around on the floor. She does some more 12 um, and instantly becomes a junkie. Yeah. By the next morning, she's jonesing. Yeah. She buys more $12. worth. $1,000. And then the day after that, it's gone. Yeah. Does it all in a night. $1,000 of 12 in a night. And she's having sex for 12 Yeah. Later on. Yeah. Yeah. Or she loses her virginity. Well, I feel like we should go by character instead of by plot. Okay. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So she's up first. So she does $1,000 within a day with her teddy bears that talk to her and baby voices. Um, In a really cute bra and underwear set, just mm-hmm. rolling around on her teddy bears, yeah. Um, we are established that her mother is having an affair. Well, not an affair, but just like banging rando dudes while still married to her dad. Uh, his name was Donnie, and he Donnie. was pretty hot. Yeah, he was cute. Yeah. Um, she mocked the fact that he was Donnie at his age. Um, <laughs> and then she gets so desperate for the 12, literally 48 hours after she's ever done it, that yeah. she decides to give her virginity to Fiddy or Fafty. Fafty. Um, for a thousand more dollars worth. Yes. So f- first she offers him a blowjob and he says a thousand dollar blowjob. Which, which is for- what I said. Yeah, you called it. 
And then she says, I'll have sex with you. I'm a virgin. And the fact that 50 Cent even considers it is absurd. It's absurd. I I mean, it's absurd if you're a rationally thinking normal person. But I think that if you were like a Harlem drug dealer who could get off on getting over on this like Upper East Side, you know, young bitch, I could see it. I feel like... It's the price tag that I find absurd. If she had said, like, $200, I'd be like... <laughs> well, yeah, but to him, he's selling it for $1,000, but it didn't cost him $1,000. True. I, I think for... I mean, I honestly, I think if this had been almost anyone else, he would have said no. But the fact that she's this, like, rich, upper, you know, east side bitch, like, I'm gonna... Like, I think he, like, that was part of him getting off on it. I'm sure. That's what was implied. But then when they finally, so when she pays her debt, so to speak, it's kind of romantic. Yeah, that part was a thousand percent unbelievable. Like, yeah. he should have just made her strip down, humiliate her. Yes. Like, spit in her face. Like, I mean, like, that's what would have really been happening if this is what And instead, happened. 50, like, slowly takes off his own clothes. You see his butt. Yeah. And then they have a n- naked embrace, and he's, like, kind of nice to her. Yeah. It's no. Weird. Yeah, no. Um, so that's where we end for Jessica. Yeah. She she becomes an addict with no money and has sex with 50 Cent. In 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Her world really went down fast. Yeah. So who should we do next? Should we talk about Claude? Yeah. Okay. So Claude is... Rory Culkin's older brother and they have the best house out of everybody like they're the ones that host the parties or I guess the Culkin brother does well and the interesting thing and I guess this is really just like any row house um but it really reminded me the house reminded me with the party scene of the 18th street lounge here in dc oh yeah very reminiscent of the 18th street lounge yeah um so Chris is the character's name, Rory Culkin's name, is having a small party in one of the earlier scenes, and Claude, his older brother, comes home. And all the young girls are very excited, and hi, Claude. He is, Billy Magnuson is handsome. Um, In this movie, though, he is supposed to be Rambo? Sure. Insane. He's supposed to be clinically insane. Yeah, he's like a character out of Apocalypse apocalypse now or something oh and he's come home from but i mean not rambo because he's come home from drug rehab slash scared straight boot camp yeah he's been kicked out because he beat up the drill instructor okay so he wasn't really in the beginning it was a little confusing so he wasn't in the military he was sent off to some like very expensive scared straights type like boot camp yeah and to get him off of roids i don't I don't know, and Claude is raring to go from his first minute on screen. Yeah. He's, we don't know why he's amped, we don't know, I, you know, like, it's almost like he's supposed to be this jerk older brother like Josh Brolin in The Goonies, but then he takes it way, way, way too far. He has pet piranhas, he likes to buy samurai weapons, he, um, he lifts weights, I think it's supposed to be roid rage. I think that, I think he was supposed, because at one point when Chris says to him, like, oh, you're back on the roid. Like, I mean. (laughs) You mean my favorite scene? When he throws his little brother against the wall on the stairs and poor little Rory Culkin says, you back on the roids? It's like, well, he's crushing your windpipe. So probably. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm, 
it's weird. You would have thought that he was doing other kinds of illegal drugs, but I think we're supposed to think he was just on steroids and it was making him wacko. Yeah. So there's also a scene where Claude is taking a shower after talking to his mother over Skype. When he, so he is still supposed to be at this boot camp. His parents are out of town. They don't know he's home. Yes. And the brother is Skyping with the parents and he is hiding in the back and you think, oh, he's going to like keep it undercover. And then it like flips out at the last minute. It's like, hey mom, I'm home. (laughs) Like, I mean, it was nuts. And for some reason, I And then gets naked and flashes her. Yeah. He flashes his mom. And for some reason, I kept calling Claude Frank because it was making me laugh. But, so then he angrily takes a shower and punches the marble so hard and can't stop doing it. And bleeding everywhere. Yeah, there's just so much blood in the shower. Like, what is this, Kill Bill, too? I don't know. Oh, God. Um, So I don't know if we want to talk about Claude's ending and ruin the movie now, but... Yeah, might as well. Yeah, so... Chris, younger brother, gets swindled by the hot girl... Sarah Ludlow. Basically a Blair Waldorf. Um, not Blair Waldorf. Um, Serena. No, no, no. I'm thinking of um, Blair from Facts of Life. She was like a Blair from Facts of Life for the 2000s. Yeah. And she is a very pretty girl, but I found her miscast. I don't think she was that pretty. No. That's I mean, I, she was very cute. Yes. But she was not like stunningly gorgeous. And right. she's supposed to be the prettiest girl on the Upper East Side. Well, she kind of had a baby face. Yeah. And I was like, the hottest girl at a prep school in New York, like, she doesn't look that sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's why I thought she was miscast. So Chris gets swindled by Sarah Ludlow into hosting her birthday party. Her 18th birthday party. And for paying for it. Yeah. Um, and all because she just, like, whispers in his ear. And there were a lot of plot holes in this. I mean, because you at one point said about her, like, do you think maybe she actually doesn't have any money? And I'm like, oh, no, she must be rich. But then she gets Chris to pay for the party. And I'm like, maybe she doesn't have any money? I don't, like, that was weird. Well, and why couldn't her parents give her $2,000 for yeah, the party? I don't know. it was strange. Yeah. And then, so she swindles Chris into hosting the party. She swindles this handsome guy named Andrew into supplying pot for the party after Andrew takes a nasty spill in Central Park and gets 17 stitches in his face. It was the weirdest, dumbest fall I've ever seen. Yeah. And let's not forget Sarah Ludlow has a boyfriend. But she tells everyone... No, she has lots of boyfriends but she's not a slut. Yeah. So then they throw this party at Chris's house that she's the one who complained about the first party at Chris's house and said it was like boring and lame I don't understand why it's a genius idea to have Chris throw her another party. I'm assuming because his parents were the only parents out of town? I don't know. Yet another plot hole. Yeah. You were the one who wanted to leave. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so they're having this party. Yep. Claude is in his room, which also made no sense. Oh, what did his phone say? That was like a pussy hound? Uh, pussy monger. Pussy monger. Yeah, when he turned his phone on the screensaver, it said pussy monger. I was kind of into that. And, like, diamonds. Um, yeah. But, uh, so he's, again, must only be on roids, because if he was a real drug addict, you'd think he'd be downstairs at the party having drugs and alcohol with everybody else and, like, trying to bang chicks. I thought they were going to imply that Mike ruined him with 12 long ago, or, like, this was some post-addict psychosis or something. No. 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 So he's in his room going full-on apocalypse now crazy. Like... Putting on his samurai sword, getting a gun, 
I don't, it was weird. Yeah. I'm like, just go downstairs and enjoy the party. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also the sword was a real letdown. So the whole movie, yeah. we see him buy the sword. He's swinging carrying the sword around. around, swinging it around out on the balcony, threatening his brother <laughs> with it. I thought for sure someone's getting stabbed with it. Nope. No one gets stabbed with the sword. Nope. He gets a gun. Yeah. Freaks out and shoots everyone. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Right. So let's go back a little bit and explain how the shooting also starts because we left that out of yeah. Fofty's plot. So Chase Crawford's not girlfriend, but longtime friend and lady love of sorts who knows his family, etc. They've been friends since they were seven. Emma Roberts. And Emma she Roberts. used to work for his dad. Right. And she doesn't know that he's a drug dealer now. She gets invited to the same birthday party by Nico Tortorella because he meets her at a coffee shop and hits on her and she actually decides to go to this Upper East Side party. And Chase Crawford realizes she's invited and after he finds out that his cousin has been killed, he decides to run to the party to look for Emma Roberts. To console him, I guess, or to commiserate about his dead cousin. But what's interesting is that so, yeah, right. So he runs to this party to find Emma Roberts. He's running around the party. He's like getting in fights with everyone. He's like, where's Molly? Where's Molly? And they're all fucked up. And they're like, who the hell is Molly? Um, and he's opening bedroom doors. And he eventually comes across 50 Cent having sex with Jessica. Jessica. 50 Cent points a gun at him. And Chase Crawford recognizes the gun because it used to belong to his cousin, Charlie. Where he realizes that Fofty is the one that killed his cousin. And a young gentleman named Nana. Right. (laughs) I don't get why Nana was involved. I don't either. Right. So then, Fifty shoots at Chase Crawford, right? And hits him. That's the whole thing. Chase Crawford gets shot like five times. Yeah. Right. And lives. The other thing, though, is that Chase Crawford was looking for Molly, not for 50 Cent. No. So why did 50 Cent suddenly shoot him, too? Like, I don't... Oh, because he said, that's Charlie's gun. And he's like, I mean, as we learned earlier, well, you guys, (laughs) we didn't mention this. Anyone involved... So so Charlie... Fofty shoots Charlie, because Charlie pulls a gun on him. Then he shoots Nana, because Nana, like, overheard... Didn't even see it, just heard the shooting... Anyone involved with this shooting with Charlie instantly gets shot, no questions asked. So because he said, right. that's Charlie's gun, he's like, I'm now going to have to blow your brains off. Right. Okay. This is going to be the worst episode of this podcast ever. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so then Claude, you know, roiding out, hears gunshots, and he decides it's time. Yeah. He's heard the call, you guys. Yep. And that is the catalyst. He goes on a killing spree. He, when you thought he kind of loved his younger brother in a picked on kind of way kind of hates his younger brother because the younger brother is the parent's favorite, obviously screaming at the little brother to stop being a, a pussy. And he real he looks around the room and he's like, good party after he realizes he's killed like, I don't know, six people or something at least. So basically he kills half the cast. Yeah. So there were, there, there's two like dorky nerd guys. He kills one of them. He kills the Malcolm in the middle kid. There, Sarah Ludlow got shot. So yeah, the, the birthday girl gets shot and killed. Um, I feel like... Nico Tortorella got shot in the eye. In the eye. He's definitely dead. 
Um, Fafti is shot and killed. Yep. Um, yeah. Oh, and then Claude himself gets killed yeah. by a cop. So he runs out the front door. The cops have finally arrived to this rowdy-ass party once the gunshot started. And he kind of, he kamikazes at the end. The other thing that was really weird is the shooting starts and, like, half the party runs outside and the other half stayed. Yeah. And then they run again later when he shoots. And it was very weird. Yeah. And that's where it ends, really. So then yeah. the final scene is Chase Crawford going to see Nana's mother. Which makes no sense because he and Nana... Didn't interact. Oh, uh, well, maybe they... I know. They did interact because in the very beginning when the he goes to Harlem... to the That's the other okay, thing. Okay, so what happened to Hunter? Uh, Nothing. The kid who was arrested for killing Nana. I'm assuming that now that the police have the gun that killed Charlie in Fofty's possession, he'll get off. That's the other thing that made... I mean, I watch way too many crime shows. But, so they arrest this kid for killing Charlie... I mean, for killing Nana. Because he got in a fight with Nana playing basketball. And their argument is, you got in a fight with him, and um, his blood was found, or your blood was, someone's blood was found in the ground. And he's like, well, obviously we bled all over each other. This is so stupid. But no one did a gunshot residue test on him. That would be the first fucking thing they would do. He'd be like, do a gun, his lawyer would be like, do a gunshot residue test. There's no gunshot residue in his hand. Obviously he didn't shoot him. Yeah. Like it was stupid. It was really stupid. It was really stupid. And Hunter walked around in his bloody t-shirt from playing basketball for like two days. Yeah. Which also made no sense. Like he slept in it? Like what the fuck? He still had blood on his face from the fight. Yeah. Like a day and a half later. Yeah. When the cops pick him up. Yeah. It was so bizarre. Yeah. I couldn't figure. And by the way, we looked it up on Rotten Tomatoes and the critic score of this movie is 3%. Yeah. And the audience score is 32%. Yeah. Um, we also got a final scene of Emma Roberts going to visit Chase Crawford in the hospital and saying, you know, if you're a drug dealer, I can't do that. Yeah, don't ever call me again. Yeah. It's like, call me when you're done dealing drugs. Do what? You, you had hot chocolate together for five minutes and that was it. I just think it's really funny that they're acting like a very low level pot dealer is a big deal. I mean, he was basically a glorified drug runner. Like, yeah, 50 Cent says you got to get on this 12 game and Chase Crawford won't do it. Yeah, no, he only sells pot. Um, I also thought it was completely unbelievable that I know he was trying to avoid Emma Roberts, but if the biggest party of the year and all your customers are going to be there, you would be, you have to go to the party. Like eventually someone's going to call you and be like, we're out of stuff. Come to the party. Yeah. Um, and all told only one character in this movie does 12. Well, I guess two, including PC. Three. Charlie, PC, and Jessica. Okay. Yeah. So dumb. And it's described as a mix between cocaine and ecstasy, which signed me up. Um, where can I get some? But um, it That's reminded... That's not what it looked like. No, what it looked like was G. It looked like GHB. Yeah. And it's done the same way as GHB, and they were acting... Like, I think whoever wrote this, like, obviously I was familiar with GHB, because that's what it reminded me of. But I thought the whole premise on the back of the book was that, like, White <coughs> Mike revolutionizes the Upper East Side with this drug. Mm. Well, I have it right here. Let's see. I'm going to check the back of the DVD, too. Let me take my headphones off for a sec. (laughs) Um. Okay. Mike's double life comes crashing down when a highly addictive new drug called 12 hits the streets, unleashing a shocking wave of passion and violence. Okay, let's see. Uh, Now a major motion picture. 12 follows prep school dropout Mike White as he takes a year off to deal with an alluring new drug to a year off to deal an alluring new drug to his privileged peers on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Yeah. 
But 12 is not a coming-of-age story because these kids never had a childhood. Their parents are off on holiday in Bali or business in Brussels, leaving hired help to look the other way as the kids stay home alone in their multiple townhouses, sleeping around, getting high, and fully, finally losing all control. I feel like you need to read the book now. Yeah, I'm going to read the book because... Um, Hunter S. Thompson said, Neil McDonald is a real thing. The ratio of age to talent is horrifying. His trick is he writes the truth. I'm afraid he will do this for his generation. I'm afraid he will do for his generation what I did for mine. Yeah. He oddly looks just like Chase Crawford. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to read the book because obviously the book is very different, I think, from the movie. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was it was rough, and I it was rougher than I expected it to be. Yeah, especially I mean, in the given... beginning. I thought it was going to be. We, it seemed like it was going to be like a fun, um, like druggy teen party movie. Yeah, and the cast is pretty stacked. Like these are not untalented young people. Well, because I'm sure all of their agents were like, "Oh, a Joel Schumacher movie. Like, let's get on board with this." Like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good, I definitely, if I came across it, like, on a Saturday afternoon when I was home, like, being lazy, I would totally have watched it. So the other thing that I tweeted, money to burn, time to kill, everything to lose, is the tagline. Yeah. We don't even see Mike enjoy his money. Oh, no, 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 they're not talking about Mike, they're talking about the other kids. But still, like... like Jessica. Like, money to burn, time to, like, She had a single unit of $1,000, and then she was whoring herself. Well, but I'm saying, they. I think that's supposed to mean, like, they grew up in a life of privilege. They grew up with this, like, life of money to burn, where she could, you know, her friends have $2,000 to throw parties, whatever. I believe that's what they're referring to. It's not referring to Mike. I, (coughs) I will give you that. I'm just saying, we, other than their fancy addresses, $2,000 for an 18th birthday party in the Upper East Side is jack shit. Oh, yeah, 100%. I would. I could have used some more money to burn, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, maybe there is in the book. I'll have to read it once you know. Yeah. I'll t- maybe I'll take it with me to um, the beach. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I have anything more to say about it. Um. Let's see. Well, it's pretty much everything, I guess. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to think of like what character maybe we left out or. Oh, the fashion guy that gets killed. The guy that's supposed to be the epitome of fashion and he just has like frosted blonde hair and a bedhead style. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. (laughs) It's rough. It was a little rough. Yeah. Ellen Barkin always looks great though. But I mean like cool for PC. He was in a Joel Schumacher film. It was a decent cameo. He had lines um, and he was really the protagonist. Like if it wasn't for him. Yeah. No one would have gotten addicted to 12, and we wouldn't have had much of a movie, so... Well, and he probably made friends with some of these young actors and actresses, too. You never know. Probably, yeah. I could see him and Nico. For sure. Yeah. Being friends, yeah. I was really excited for Emma Roberts to be in it. I was I was wishing they did more with her. Yeah, she wasn't in it much. But this is before she was really anything. Right, this was 2010. Yeah. I mean, she was still Julia Roberts' niece, though. Yeah. Everybody knew that. No, what was her... She was she was in the movie Blow as a little kid. She plays his daughter. Oh, I know, but I mean, she hadn't done much. I mean, it's yeah. not like she was a huge mega... Cele- I mean, it's not like... I mean, now she can't go anywhere without people knowing who she is. Back then, she could. True. I saw her in New York once. Very exciting. I would be thrilled. She looks like she could blow over in, like, a minor wind. Oh, I'm sure. That's the other thing, too. She was normal-sized in this. I mean, thin, but, like, not thin like she's thin now. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz, too. Yeah. I did not recognize her. No, she's 
She's a good 15 pounds lighter now. Yeah. And she's completely beautiful and normal sized in this movie, but yeah. her face is fuller. Much. Well, I guess too, they were all young. So. It was all, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that. That's 12. That's 12. I'm amazed we got 36 minutes out of that. I know. I'm impressed with us. <laughs> um, but now I think we should do just like a smattering of Bravo rundown just for fun. All right. Talk to me about your feelings. What you got? Um, did you finally watch Biscuits and Dynasties? No. You're a fool. Um, all of you out there, I'm imploring you, um, go find Mexican Dynasties on whatever streaming platform you can. It was the best thing Bravo has put out in years. I loved it so, so, so very much. It had Santeria. It had a 27-year-old who sleeps in bed with his parents. Um, it has everything you could ever possibly want. Okay. It is so very good. I believe you. I believe you. I just, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done it. I, my Bravo watching has been, it's always, it's always there, but I go through ups and downs with how in love with Bravo I am. And right now I'm in a down. That's because you didn't watch Mexican Dynasties. Yeah. I'm, see, I'm coming off a high because it yeah. just ended last week. Yeah. None of the housewives are really speaking to me right now. I thought Vanderpump was quite a snooze. Vanderpump was a snooze. I think the reunion's going to be good. We've already seen part one. Um, I believe there's a physical altercation between Billy Lee and someone, which I'm very much looking forward to. Maybe Lala. Um, that would be good. Um, I, I've you... actually been enjoying Summer House, which is Oh, crazy. Summer House has been really good. Yeah, but normally, I can't stand Summer House normally. So now, do we think that, what's his name, the dumb one? The Instagram dude. Jordan? Do we think he's gay or a serial killer? Or a version, or all of the above. All of the above. Something, I don't know. Something's weird. Something's real weird. And what I don't get about him, like, this is what's annoying me, and I want to just, like, scream into the void about it. So, he's, the whole cast has been speculating as to whether or not he's a virgin. And whether he's lying about, you know, what, but he is very proudly, blatantly religious. And usually if people are very religious, they have no problem being like, yeah, I'm a virgin. Like, I'm saving myself for marriage. It's part of my religion. Like, that's what I'm doing. Like, he gets up every Sunday morning and, like, watches preachers on his phone in his bed. Like, I don't get why he's not just copying it to it. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be the big reveal. I mean, they're leading up to some big reveal, and I think it's going to be that he's a virgin. But, like, yeah. just most people in that situation would own it. Well, so the other thing, I talked to a friend about this because I was an older virgin too. Like I was the last one of all my friends by a significant margin. And so I always found the young people who laid it on too thick. I was like, that's not the way to play this. Like you're doing it wrong. Like the move is to like laugh at other people's stories, but like, do you just keep your mouth shut? Like you act like you don't, you know, like you're above talking about it, you know? And I, I stand by that. That is the move. And he is pulling the, like, 40-year-old virgin card, and he's, like, trying to make up stories when he has oh, nothing percent And that's what they keep saying. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he made out with three girls last. Like, whatever. How did we all miss it if that happened? And he actually described a scene from 40-year-old virgin when, like, he said he kicked some girl in the face or something. That licked was... his butthole. I don't... Whatever, dude. That did not happen. Yeah, that's also not... If she's licking your butthole, then you kicked her in the face. Like, huh? Yeah, I don't. Nope. He's just weird in general. Um, and don't, just don't go that far. You Don't call the attention of a whole limo bus to tell a story about sex that you haven't had. But I'm waiting for the reveal to either be that he's a virgin or that he's like re-virginizing himself. Because sometimes people do that. Like they'll or is have he had sex say, and be like, I'm not doing it anymore. Or is he bi maybe? No. Oh, please don't put that on my people. I don't know. Ugh, no. I hope not. 
I don't know. I could see them doing that. Um, and I don't know why, but I have a real problem with Danielle. Me too. Why is she so annoying? Why? I mean, is, she, I, is it because I don't think she's that pretty? Yes. And I will say, though, I'm proud of Danielle. She slays. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think part of my problem with her is that I'm jealous. I'm like, what? Yeah, I just don't. I, I think it's because. And I mean, of course, you do this with your friends and everyone should have good self-esteem. But she, she acts like she and Lindsay are so like, we're the hot girls and we get whatever. And I'm like, you're not. Lindsay, I think, is gorgeous. But like she, Lindsay's gorgeous. I, I know, but I hate that hair color. I don't like her boob I job. I worship her hair color and I love her haircut. Her hair is on fucking point. I, I love the haircut. I said boob job. Oh, the boob job. Oh, I don't hate the boob job. But like I, her hair is amazing. Also, she is on the show now dating literally the hottest person I've ever seen in my entire life. There's many a controversial statement in what you said for me, but... <laughs> What's his name? Payman? I don't Payon, know. Payon? Paymion? Whatever. Anyway, I want to skin him and walk around in a suit made of his skin. Because he is the hottest thing ever, and I want to... He, he was definitely your type. Um, <coughs> I mean, I love Lindsay, and she makes for good TV. I haven't enjoyed the things that she's been saying to Hannah. Like, let Hannah no, be... Let no, no, Hannah no. be Hannah. I don't like Lindsay. I just think she's pretty. Oh, she's undeniably pretty. Yeah, and I like her way more than before. And I really wish, I wish, I wish, oh my God, I would give so much money if I could just sit in a room while the Workus twins are forced to watch this show. I know. Because you know they are seething about it. It was with, their show. With Steven, too. Yeah. Well, Steven, at least, like, was a tertiary character. Like, and I think that he knew that. But the Workus twins, this was their circus. Like, the, this is our show. You're nothing without us. Yeah. And you're not even fucking on it anymore. And I want to be in the room when they have to deal with that. Yeah. I do want someone to give Lindsay a different makeup look. I find her prettier when she's a little made under. And there was a scene where she was doing her own contour. And oh my God. Oh, well, I mean, she looks prettiest in her confessionals. Yes. I mean, that's when she looks the best. When yes. someone else has done her makeup for her. Yes. Um, I also shouldn't, because he's like too skinny for me, but I'm really into Carl. I hate Carl. I don't necessarily like him as a person, but I want to bang him. I've always hated Carl. He drives me insane. Agreed. And see, for me, my hatred of him is switched because he went from being this annoying player with the Workus twin yeah. to now being the Workus twin. And I don't like it either. I don't even know. No, but I'm loving... The additions to the cast made it interesting. I love Amanda, Kyle's fiance. Oh, I, she's great. And I stand for what's-her-face. Hannah and Paige. Paige. I, I stand for She's gorgeous. I love I love her. everything about her. Me too. She's hilarious. She, I, I, and I love when she's like, I could not have been more clear with Carl. I've told him 50 times exactly how to court me yeah. and he's not doing it and he yeah. can go fuck himself. No, but I also, I actually really like Hannah too. Me too. She, the fact that Lindsay was trying to make her girly and she was like, but I'm not. And she also slays some dudes too. Yes, she does. Yeah, like, I, they have turned the show around. I'm loving the... I would also bang her dad. Yeah. 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 But I also... I'm, I'm loving the younger women on Summer House. Now, have you... Because I haven't bothered to, because I kind of want to be surprised, but did you bother to go online and see if Kyle and Amanda are still together? Yeah, they're engaged. Oh, they're, they're, they're still engaged? Yeah. Oh, okay. So they made it through this rough patch? I think, I think the second rough patch is going to prove to be a rumor. Well, it already did. He oh. showed, remember he showed her the phone and it was like, she's like, I messenger, I've never met her. See, here's this is what she said. We've never met. Oh, okay. I also, you can't buy his drink. 
Lover Boy? Yeah, you cannot. You can yeah. only buy it in New York. I looked it up. And I stopped myself, but I really wanted to. He also, one of his other side projects is this bird dog shorts. Oh, okay. And they show up in my newsfeed all the time on Facebook um, because I buy chubby shorts and I guess they're similar and whatever. And so they, um, I really, and he's in the, the new ad. And I really, really, really wanted to comment. Like, how come I've never seen you wear these shorts on Summer House once ever? Ever. Yeah. He's never worn them. Ever. I'm like, you don't wear them on your fucking show. Yeah. I I definitely have a girl crush on Amanda because I find her kind of unconventionally pretty. Oh, yeah. And her body is slamming. Like, she's not a super twig, but, like, she she's pretty close. And she's she's got some curve to her. She's she's hot. I'm into it. I love the, like, James Bond-style birthday party she threw for her, Kyle. I'm yeah, no, it. the whole thing was fun. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm very into Summer House. I'm looking forward to it. I hope they get a real reunion, finally. Yeah, not just Instead the of just like a one. clubhouse one. Like they just were in season three, like they needed really Mexican dynasties had nothing. Yeah. Like nothing. Yeah. I wanted to cry. The Vanderpump reunion was actually a bit much for me. It's just so much yelling. It's so much yelling and it's so I get annoyed that Andy lets Lala get away with shit. <coughs> yeah. I... Like she he she shuts it down and he lets her shut it down when she should be answering these questions. I just don't know who I'm pulling for anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, no one. Actually, yeah. I'm kind of pulling for Raquel. I Right? Like, so I was texting my friend. And I said, Raquel kind of drives me nuts. I felt for her. Yeah. She was getting screamed at from every direction. And all she did was call herself a beauty queen, you guys. She Which was, she is. I know. She was in pageants. And it's Raquel. Let her have that one. Just let it go. And I hate Brittany now. I've, I fucking hate her. I've turned a corner on Yeah, I fucking hate her. I don't know who said it first on Sup or Bitch Sesh or whatever. I think it was the empath who guessed it on Bitch Sesh and he was like, oh no, Brittany knows exactly what she's doing. Yeah. And I was like, he's right. She does. Yeah. She's awful. They're all awful. And Kristen with her giant choker, like still coming for James years later. Honey, you look ridiculous. She looks ridiculous, but I feel like at least Kristen's on brand. Kristen is an insane person and she's Kristen and I appreciate that. But like the rest of them are driving me crazy and I am so annoyed with this narrative or especially Stassi is like Raquel is stupid. Well, I mean, Raquel may not be eloquent, but Raquel got into grad school like and you wrote a two page book. Yeah. One. About drinking Starbucks. I don't know. You've been on TV enough. Just say you don't want to be friends with them. Yeah. Just say it. Like, don't blame it on her pageantry or the fact that you think she's stupid. Just say you don't want to be their friend. Yeah. And I mean, I'm also not stupid. I know that Raquel is doing this to be on TV. I don't think she truly loves James. Nope. I think that this is all to get her on TV, which is which is what all of them are doing. So I'm not completely blind to it. But, like, I... The when- other thing that drives me nuts is that... Like, Jax and Stassi and Kristen, they all talk about, like, when they were young. When they were young, they did stupid things. Like, Jax was even worse than James. That Those words have come out of his mouth. And Stassi has watched the first season of the show and been mortified. Raquel is probably, like, 10 years younger than they are. Yeah. I think she's, like, 22. Yeah, cut her a slight ounce of slack. Please. I have to say, though, that, like, my heart broke. I was watching What Watch Out What Happens Live, and Kristen Chenoweth was on. And they were talking about the reunion, and the James versus Katie thing. And Andy asked her, like, whose side she's on. And she said, I'm always team Katie. <gasps> mm. 
And I was like, Kristen, you're dead to me. Dead to me. I'm sorry, but like, what the fuck? I mean, I know it's because she fell through a skylight and Kristen kind of alluded to that, but like, whatever. Yeah, that's rough. She's a monster. And they're all right. They're all right. Like, yeah. she is a bully and she is a bitch. And she called Lala a whore to her face at work a hundred times. James called her fat once, not during work hours, just in the alley behind work. Like, and she got him fired. Like, well, and I'm not going to say that I don't think James is a nightmare to women. No, he he's is. a monster. But they're all monsters screaming at each other about who's the biggest monster. And yeah. I, I can't take it. I'm, I'm into it. Um, now, did you watch uh, Beverly Hills this week? Because I know you're fed up. But did you watch it? I started it this morning. I didn't finish. Okay. You need to? Because it was really good. I, I heard... Um, I listened to Bitch Sesh anyway. And oh, I, was, I haven't listened to it yet. Okay, so I started the episode, but my husband woke up and he was like, you can watch your show. And I was like, he's going to hate it and ask me questions and I don't want to deal with it. I prioritized watching New York, which, oh God. That was a mistake. You should have prioritized Beverly Hills. I wanted to save the more fun one for a second. I was dying. Denise Richards is a queen. I know. I'm, I, I know. But I wanted to save the fun, like, laughing yeah. episode. Like, I knew New York. New York is making my heart sink every week, so I needed a pick-me-up after. It also made me want to go to a KOA. Oh, yeah. Do it. I mean, because they said that I think the price of their little luxury tents was, like, 170 bucks a night or something. Like, it was nice. We would crush that. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't like to camp the way my husband does it. He likes to do it, like, the real way. Did you, did you get far enough in so you could see the tents? No. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Okay. I mean, even they were like, this is really nice. Like, okay. no one complained. They were like, wow, this is nice. Okay, we're doing it. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> um, and then I just started Dead to Me. Is that what it's called? Oh, my God. So, yeah. you guys, I'm sure you can tell I've been coughing. I've been super sick for two weeks. I finally feel better. Um, so, I was home two days from work. And in the first day I was home, I watched all of Dead to Me. It's only five hours. Yeah. Um, so good. We watched the first one and really liked it, so we'll probably finish it today. And for those of you who haven't watched it yet, or, like, for you who've just watched the first one, I was really annoyed, because I'm like, this plot twist seems really fucking obvious. But they handle it early on, and there's a million twists, and it's not as obvious as you think. Well, I feel like from watching the extended trailer, I can tell that it's not going to be the only twist. Yeah, it it was really good. And then the other thing I watched on the same day, that I'm a little confused, because Casey on Bitch Says, has watched it three times in its entirety, was Pen15. And I don't know if it's because I'm not a woman, or I'm a little too old, or what, but I just don't get it. Yeah. It's the one about the two yeah, adult yeah. women who play... And it, it it's like Napoleon Dynamite, which I loved, but it's like fucking six hours of Napoleon Dynamite, so maybe I shouldn't have binged it. I don't know. I mean, a couple of the episodes I did laugh and think were funny, but I can't imagine watching it three times. So I hit play, and I think I watched like two and a half minutes, and I was just like, this isn't my speed today. Um, and I watched an entire season of 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After, that I hadn't seen instead. Nice. I'm watching the current seas. I'm um, not, and I need to get on it. It's a lot. It's so long. It's a background show for me. When I'm cooking, when I'm cleaning, because they're 90 minutes, and they replay the same scenes about 50 times. Yeah. Well, I'm watching it, like, recorded, so it's... And they're doing this weird thing where it's three hours, and the first two hours are the current scene. It's weird. The first two hours are, like, one set of couples, and then the last hour is another set of couples, and I I don't quite get it. It's the kind of show that I would, like, let it play, and I would go outside, take the dog across the street, and then come back, and I'd be like, oh, nothing... It's the same. Yeah. It's the same scene. (laughs) My plan for, um, I think today, actually, after you leave, 
um, while I finish doing stuff around the house is I have the whole season of Very Cavallari unrecorded and I haven't watched it I'm yet. two weeks behind, but I actually enjoyed season one more. I'm still Really? En- oh, that's a bummer. I'm still enjoying it, but I enjoyed season one more. I liked the, like, catfight girl drama with her staff, and now it's a little more about her and Jay. Oh. Um, which I can relate to, and they've been together a long time and all that kind of stuff, but it's like... I kind of, I appreciated watching Pretty Girls Fight. Did you see that she's hosting Paradise Island? Uh, I did not. She's my friend, the host. My friend is super excited about it. I mean, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I haven't recorded it, but she's the host. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. My issue with Very Cavallari and her, even though I, I do love her and I pretty much always have, is it makes me want to weigh like 95 pounds. It's not, it's not a, it reinforces like a really bad habit. Oh, see, I think she looks terrible. She does, but I'm just like, there's something, I don't know. It, it brings out my desire to want to be like a, a twig and I'm like, that's not going to happen. Let it go. Yeah. She's, she's, she's bordering on like praying mantis. Yeah. It's not good. Even on camera. That's how she looks. So, um, and if anyone out there is watching Texicanus. Texicans. That just started, right? Yeah, I have. I've, I didn't watch it yet. Is it because I don't want to call it Texicans? It makes me so mad that it's not called Texicans because it should be Mexican Texans Texicans, but um, it's Texicanans, Texicans, Texicanus. Yeah. Any whatever. Um, let me know if it's any good, and if I should check into it. I don't know if I'll do that. TBD. Yeah. Because Below Deck Med is coming back. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. Like I love it, but like I don't know if I can handle Hannah on my TV again. I was really over her after last season. Oh my god, with Conrad? Yeah, she was such a monster person that I don't know if I can watch her again. Yeah, the scene of her crying to her boss about how she was falling in love with him, I was like, get a grip. Yeah. Throw yourself off the side of the boat, take a swim, and come back when you've got it together. <laughs> um, but I watched the long preview for Southern Charm, Oh. and it looks so good. Yeah, I'm in for that one. It looks so fucking good. Yeah. Me, um, me and Cameron have the same birthday. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's it. Like, we should, you know, we covered some Bravo <laughs> stuff. We gave you guys a little supplemental since 12 wasn't that exciting. Yeah. Um, so we will be coming back to you in probably about five, six weeks, I guess. Like, because today is what? The 10th? 11th? 11th. Um, so we have, let's see, the 22nd and then 11 more days. So like 33, 34 days. So in just about a month, um, we'll be coming to you with our Hills, um, the Hills New Beginnings recaps. Very excited for that. Do we know how long the episodes are? I'm sure 30 minutes. Okay. I hope so. I mean, MTV (laughs) doesn't do hour long reality. Teen Mom. Ugh. Yeah, but that's a different format. Just saying. I think it'll be a half an hour. I I will be shocked if it's longer than a half an hour. I hope so. Was Lohan half hour? Yeah. Oh, okay. It just felt like three I hours? I think. Was it an hour? I don't know. It Maybe it was an hour. I don't know. Some of those episodes really dragged. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back in about a month. But I mean, I think because <laughs> the original show was half an hour, that they'll stick to the half an hour format. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. But MTV also has so many fucking commercials that their hour long shows are like 37 minutes. So. It's true. <laughs> But either way, um, we look very much forward to talking to you guys in about a month, and we hope you're all having an amazing summer, or soon-to-be summer, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at OneHitPod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me 
on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter at Hey It's Mayor B. Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.